Hi, Peggy. Hi. How are How you are doing? You? I'm good. For you. <laughs> good. <laughs> well, we're Gardens and Plants, two garden communicators who share what's happening in the wonderful world of gardening in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My name is Peggy Riccio, owner of PeggPlant.com, an online resource for gardening in the D.C. metro area, and I live in Northern Virginia. And my name is Terry Spate. I'm owner of CottageInTheCourt.com, a website and blog where I share all things beautiful in the garden, from the places I visit, highlight my favorite plants, books I'm reading, and more. And I live in Maryland. Together we are Gardens and Plants, and every two weeks we'll be sharing what is happening in the D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia and Maryland suburbs. This is a terrific opportunity to mark your calendars in advance for events, learn about plants and gardening, and to learn about public gardens and nurseries to visit in this area. When we mention an event, you can look at pegplant.com for the monthly list of events for more details. So Terry, what's going on in your garden? Well... There's a lot happening right now. Um, I honestly saw magnolias in bloom on the grounds of the Capitol. That was bizarre. Um, The flowering apricot is blooming Mm -hmm. in front of the United States Botanic Gardens. I have a red camellia on the side of my house that is just showing her roughly blooms like no one's looking. I mean, it is so full this year. I did not water last year because I do not water my garden. You're invited in. You really want to survive. And this camellia is just blooming her head. Something simple. It's amazing. Um, So that's what's happening in my yard. And it's really, the bulbs are coming up, of course, but it's really eye-catching right now. Great. Yeah. I'm seeing daffodils. I'm seeing the daffodils, the forsythia, the flowering plums, and the hyacinths. Mm. And also, I have ornamental quince, which has some buds on it, and it's a great plant to cut and bring indoors to force the buds to open up, which can also be done with forsythia. And I'm in Northern Virginia, so I have a lot of daffodils, and I can see the buds, but they're not blooming yet. But I work in Rockville, and I see lots of daffodils blooming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have early, late, and or early, immediate, mid-season uh, and late, or just late, or mid-season and late? Well, mine are late, uh, and, and they've been in my garden for so long, I don't even know what they are anymore. I actually got them for uh, from Becky Heath from Brenton Becky's Bulbs. So mm-hmm. they've been in my garden for years and years and years. And the other thing I have are sweet peas. So I started sweet peas last fall and then planted them outside. So they have stayed above ground and green all winter long. And now they're growing, you know, it's getting warmer. They're growing and growing. And it's giving me a head start in getting the sweet pea flowers. Now, did you soak yours before you planted them? Yeah, I always do that for all the peas. Mm-hmm. Do in just plain water or? Just plain water. Mix? Oh, okay. Yeah, just plain water. And then I planted them last year. And this is a way to get a jump ahead. But the other thing, too, is that what I need to do is go outside and put some string. They're on a banister put some string up so they can go around the string to go up, you know? Mm. What color are they, Peggy? They're all different colors. Mm. And I'm going to cut, when they bloom, I'll just cut them and bring them to the office. I'm going to use them like a cut flower. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever um, put them on top of cupcakes or cakes? (laughs) No, I haven't done that yet. (laughs) You should try it. It's really, really pretty. It's very girly. 
Yeah, it is. It's very girl. It's a very girly flower. Yes, yes. And you are yours fragrant. Um, I won't know until I actually um, cut them and see because I I don't know if I still have the packages or not because they all got they all get mixed up. There are different packages from different companies and then they all get mixed up and it's like oh mm-hmm. they're just flowers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and you know what? That surprise is welcome, right? Mm-hmm. You don't it have is. to always know the cultivar or where you got it from. The surprise of the bloom mm-hmm. is priceless. Yeah. You know? Well, the other so what thing else is going on in your in your garden. Well, I'm going to start planting my seeds indoors under lights. And then I'm also going to start thinking about things I can grow outdoors. And I was thinking that if people don't have a lot of sun, they can still grow edibles or ornamentals. Um, for edibles, they could still grow herbs like mint or cilantro, chives, lemon balm, or lovage, or parsley, and then all the greens, you know, like the spinach, kale, lettuce, mustard. Do you know of any flowering plants that would take low light? Well, I, number one, I love uh, shade gardens. So plants that would take semi-shade, number one is heuchera. You could have 99,000 cultivars of heuchera and have basically a kaleidoscope in your shade garden. Um, you can also start seeds of coleus. Very easy to do. And once again, you never know what color combination you're going to come up with or what the leaf type is going to be. If you just get a packet of mixed coleus seeds, mm-hmm. start them indoors. And then you can arrange your palette in your garden however you want. Um, I got some seeds recently from the flower show. Uh, more about that later. From Fruition Seeds, it's for indigo, and it's an annual. It grows 30 inches tall, and it, too, likes part shade. So I was kind of excited. I'm curious as to what the bloom is going to be like, if it even blooms, or whether it's just a leaf. I've got to do more research on this, but I wanted to grow indigo, and this is an heirloom, so um, you can use it for dyeing. So this could be a project in itself. But other things that you can grow in part shade that are more uh, more of an ornamental vein, you can do, um, of course, your hellebore. And look under your hellebores. There's babies under there. Those are not weeds. Those are babies. And hellebore makes a great ground cover. But you can even do um, your snapdragons in part sun. Especially here, well, you're in Virginia, even in Maryland, Snapdragons don't mind a little bit of a buffer. So that's another easy one. Yeah, that's um, and true. Then of course, your violas, your pan- pansies will last longer if they're in part shade. Right. Um, so part shade gardens, you know, as far as shrubs, you can do Lakothui. Of course, your roadies, uh, Northern Lights is Azalea, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Um, Sharkakoa is a good one. Um, so the shade garden, my goodness, for the beauty um, Sarkakoa is one. It has cute little subshrub, and it's not about the bloom; it's about the fragrance. The right. fragrance is wonderful right now. Mm-hmm. So gardening, you know, you gotta get outside all four seasons of the year because there's something growing. Right, that's true. There's always something going on in this area. So, mm-hmm. what are the places and events that you've been going to lately? Well, I I'm still floating from my <laughs> Riviera vacation in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Flower Show. 27 years I've been going there, Peggy, and it just, 
it just keeps evolving and getting better. And of course, I never have enough time. I always run out of time to do all the things I really want to do. But this year, I felt like a princess that had escaped into the Riviera. And it was just so calming and so soothing and just, just beautiful. Just beautiful. Everyone was nice. The vendors were nice. People were out. People were not mean. It was not as crowded. A lot of people think the first day is really crowded. It was a breeze. I, I even took a picture of the floor, which you will not be able to do today, tomorrow, um, or the rest of the week. But there was enough floor space that you could actually sit in the middle of the floor and nobody would walk over you. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one display that really captured my heart. The background was blue. It's on my on my um, Facebook page and it'll be on my blog post. I'll do a post about it. The flower show, it, it, breathtaking. That's all I can say. Breathtaking. You got to go. If you miss it this year, you've got enough the rest of this week. It ends next Sunday. But if you miss it this year, you got to go next year. And there's a wonderful symposium midweek this week um, on sustainability that it's worth going to. So mm-hmm. consider the flower show. Um, other than that, where else have I been? Well, uh, I'm thinking about taking a yoga class at the Botanic Garden just because. Um, and I'm also gearing up for the Garden Bloggers Fling. So if you are a garden blogger, um, Peggy, you and I were on the um, committee when the Fling came to Washington, D.C. Yes. So if you're a garden blogger and you've been have a, an active blog um, for at least six months, you might want to go to the Garden Bloggers Fling website um, and see if you qualify and join us in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. More about that later, but Madison, I'm, I'm hearing that it's all about the cheese curds. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had a cheese curd because I'm a city girl, so I'm itching for that, and I'm hoping that someone will find some goat yoga for me, but we'll see. What have you been doing, Peggy? Well, yeah, I do have to emphasize that people who blog or um, they need to go to the Garden Bloggers Fling is just the most fantastic event. And this year will be in Madison. It's in different cities every year. And they do have a Facebook and a website. So it's easy to go find the information. Um, Let's see. What have I been doing? I heard Doug tell me last Sunday in Manassas. He's very good. He's very, very good. An excellent slideshow, really beautiful slides of insects and caterpillars and birds. And he just wrote a new book called Nature's Best Hope, A New Approach to Conservation That Starts in Your Yard. And he was talking about the importance of planting for insects, especially caterpillars, because breeding birds really need a lot of caterpillars. So, And then, of course, if you're planting for the insects to support the birds, then you're in turn supporting other species. So he's right. really good. People, and people really need to um, listen to him and read his books. He's had several books, of course. And yes. then... I'm currently reading Jennifer Jewell's new book called The Earth in Her Hands, where it's, it's, a, it's a weighty book. It's 300 pages with beautiful photos, and it's about 75 extraordinary women working in the world of plants across the globe. It's not just America. And what's fascinating is that each woman then mentions three or five other inspiring women. And so you think you're reading about 75, but it's really 75 times three. And then, of course, wow. they're mentioning all other kinds of things. And like every time you read about a woman, you want to go look it all up on the Internet and see what 
what it is that that woman's talking about and then the three or four other women that one's talking about and a lot of these people are people we know like cindy brown at smithsonian peggy cornett at monticello martin mcdowell who i think is a garden Con member and susan pell who's with the u.s botanic garden there's a lot of people that we know so it's, it's people really need to buy this book it's a great resource mm-hmm. and what a great book to read yeah since this is women's history month right and then if you're if you want to look for speakers and this is a good a resource for speakers or um, the other kind of interesting thing you can do is that after you read it you go back and you flip through and you see which ones did you resonate with and then you know are you more of a person who's like protecting um, diversity with seeds or are you more of a flower ranger and it kind of speaks to you know who are you you know what i mean wow that that's what we need because books like that are inspirational it is as well as educational mm-hmm. you know and you never know um Reading a book like that could inspire you, um, even for us, you know, some of us are considering a second career. Seeing what these women have done could inspire you to take a class. Right. That's true. And they're all different kinds of women, too. That's what I like about it. It's all over the world. Well, diversity in the garden. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's it, you know, you can't beat it, plain and simple. You can't beat it. Um, speaking of uh, diversity... I did go to a wonderful um, meeting from the uh, organic community in Maryland about the Department of Agriculture. And I just wrote about it on my blog. Um, Let me tell you, Peggy, if you want a garden in what we affectionately call the DMV, which is the metropolitan area of Washington, D.C., there's something out here for you. Whether it's organic, whether it's, you know, if you're into trees or whatever, there's master gardener programs. And then if you communicate, science teacher, community leader, and you're working with kids, or you're sharing your love of gardening through film, um, blogging, um, radio show, or podcasts like us, you might want to even consider joining GardenCom. That's true. We're both GardenCom members and... Um... Yeah, and so you can actually attend our events as a non-member if you want to just check us out. And I think there's going to be some regional meetings coming up and then our annual symposium in Williamsburg in August. Yeah, I'm excited about that too. Yeah, it's only three hours away. (laughs) Yes. No playing this year, right, Peggy? Right. (laughs) I don't have to worry about that. Mm -mm. Well, do you want to get on to future events? Future events? Wow kind of covered that with my garden bloggers fling um and i like, guess you know shamelessly um on the 13th i will help homestead gardens uh start their weekend garden extravaganza i'll be there kathy jens will be there um and two other guests uh celebrities i might say so if you're not doing anything come on out to homestead gardens for their garden party extravaganza. Uh, They'll be opening up their new space. So if you haven't seen it yet, you really wanna see this uh, space for education activities. You can rent it out. It's gonna be awesome. And that's on the 13th, 14th and 15th, right? Is it like a weekend long thing? Yes. Okay. 
Um, and the, the other thing, too, is that since the Philadelphia Flower Show just started, it's really open all week long. And there are many nurseries and public gardens in this area, including Homestead Gardens, who have bus trips to go there. So you might want to check out Green Spring Gardens, Adkins Arboretum, Brookside Gardens, Homestead Gardens, and Green Street Gardens to see what their bus trips are. Of course, you have to pay for the bus trip, but it usually includes the ticket to get in. So go to their websites, and they, have, they do it on different days this week. And, and that's a great way to meet other people that mm -hmm. you may not know that enjoy the beauty of the garden as well. Um, one thing I'm going to be going to is on Thursday, the 5th, uh, I'm going to the U.S. Botanic Garden in the evening for a lecture, and it's called Political Appetites, Culinary Activities in the Early Republic with Nancy Siegel. So mm -hmm. it's an interesting lecture that I'm going to attend at the U.S. Botanic Garden, and I think it was like $10, and then I registered. Um, other events that are coming up is on Friday, the 6th, um, there's going to be a, kind of a lecture on HOA. HOA, like homeowner associations and condo association, sustainable solutions to landscaping headaches. Mm -hmm. And that's sponsored by Plant Nova Natives in the Northern Virginia Community College Annandale campus. Mm -hmm. And on Saturday is the Plot Against Hunger seventh annual spring garden kickoff, which is at the Arlington Central Library. I did that before too, and that was a lot of fun. And oh, they have, wow. yeah, they have a lot of um, free seats too, and a lot of um, really useful information and then um the the event that you were talking about at homestead gardens on 13 14 and 15 and if um there's a lot of orchid activity going on now so yes yeah the u.s botanic garden has a lecture on orchids on the 14th saturday and then hillwood has something on how to get your orchid orchids to rebloom on the 14th saturday and then they have a workshop on the 14th saturday and Brookside Gardens has another one on how to get your orchid to rebloom on the 14th Saturday. And then there's a Friends of Brookside Gardens Orchid Festival at Brookside Gardens on 14 and 15. Mm. And now let me just pause here. Another place if you really just want to stroll amongst the orchids in another kind of girly girly garden, <laughs> Hillwood. Their, or their, their greenhouse is filled with orchids right now. Yeah, th yeah, and, that's a beautiful place. Oh my goodness! And then you can walk the grounds, mm -hmm. and oh, Hillwood, you can see the orchids and more. Mm -hmm. That's true. As with any of the botanic gardens, even uh, Silburn in Baltimore has an orchid yeah. event. So orchids, orchids everywhere right now. <laughs> well, that's great. So, is there anything else you can think of? Um, I'm thinking I've got to get ready for the 13th. Yeah, because you know that's what? It's going to be a big event. And, and they're giving away something like a gift certificate. So I registered, and then you can be in a drawing to get a gift certificate. And I saw your face up there. It's a really nice picture. Oh, thank you so much. I, that was, I've, I've changed a tad now. Um, I've, <laughs> I've let the gray go because why not? <laughs> I'm very natural. Um, and I believe in being natural in the garden. So um, I had to kind of change that up a little bit. But you know what? This year, I really want to immerse myself in the garden, and so I didn't want or need all the fluff, right. because gardening, it's, it's in my blood, it's mm -hmm. in my soul, and I just want to explore all different options in gardening this year, which, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck, I'm mentally still at the flower show. <laughs> there was this guy that had this 
pod. It was on legs, or you could put it on the ground. You could grow 365. You know, it, it was just like walk away from the pod. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was probably like six feet long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll share that on my blog as well. It, but it was phenomenal. And when you, when I really thought about it, it's a way to extend the season, not just for food crops, mm-hmm. but also for ornamental crops. Mm-hmm. So. Um, as I've started things, I've got two um, planters that have uh, mesh and plastic over them. I've had Brussels sprouts in them all winter. And yesterday I noticed a little, a little green showing. Good. So I think the carrots are about to come up. I think the lettuce is about to come up. So last night, because I knew the temperature was going to drop, I zipped the plastic cover over. So I'm anticipating that by the end, of, first I watered everything well. But I think by the end of the week, I'm going to have some nice little sprouts to share. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But we know this, Peggy. Why do we know this? Because (laughs) there's always something happening in the garden. That's true. Well, tune in to listen to us in two weeks and visit our websites for more detailed information at pegplant.com and cottageinthecourt.com. We're also very active on social media. You can find me, Peggy, at Pegplant and Terry at Cottage in the Court. Our podcast is available on eight platforms, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Overcast. And I've put a link on pegplant.com if you want to hear the podcast that way as well. Goodbye for now. Remember, there's always something happening in the garden. Bye-bye. Bye.